When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Julia Shaw, My Talk 107.1, Everything Entertainment. Stephanie Hansen and Paul McGuire-Grimes are filling in for Frickin' Frack today. And I want to mention that we have more tickets to give away to a sold-out show, so you can't get them anywhere but here. All this week on this year radio program, we'll be giving away pairs of VIP tickets to the Shop Till You Jag produced uh, by F- uh, Flip Phone Events. And that's coming up on Sunday, May 19th out at Rosedale at the Von Mauer Court. So we'll let you know when to, uh, when to call in and win those. That sounds fun. Yeah. Those flip phone events are real fun. Uh, Stephanie, I have an email that is directed to you. Uh Uh-oh. I'm off the subject. The subject is source of report. What is the source of the information that Stephanie was just discussing? Oh, the sex report. My son is 23 and in this group. Very interesting. Okay. (laughs) I feel so happy that this was the economist was the source. So it's legit. But you can find it in this in the paper. Yeah, it was in the newspaper in the opinion column of the Star Tribune. It is a legit source from the economist. You know, I have younger brothers, believe it or not. I have a 28-year-old brother and a 26-year-old brother. And one of these brothers would be in this camp, too. Like, it's just a very different time. Mm. I wonder if it makes a difference for the gay community versus the straight community. Like, I don't know. You know, I would be curious if they would do it. I'm going to say it doesn't. I I, I think the stresses are still the same, regardless of your uh, sexual orientation. Maybe. Well, there you go, Paul. Paul? Married and... Married, so there's no... Yeah. Married, and that means you're only having sex once a week. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying, like, Sorry, I don't... I'm just going to no, say it. I meant, like, I don't know that, like, grinder life at all. Like, that's very popular. That is a life I do not know because I'm happily married and monogamous. Yeah. Okay. All I know is uh, my daughter and I shared the same, like, iTunes account. You know how... Oh. It's a little better now, but when you first got your iPhones and you were all in the cloud and you had family plans and stuff... When my kid would download a dating app, it would show up on my phone. So I was like, um, not so discreet here. Right. Yeah, I didn't want to know all turn the time. off that share to all devices yes, button. Yes, exactly. But then I was kind of like, oh, but I like knowing what she's doing. So maybe I'll leave it on because I'm spy and stealthy like that. But would you have to log in? Or I, I, no, because I don't know. We were on the same plan. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. 
I there was a lot of information mm. that I knew about my kid. I'll just put it that way from the iPhone <laughs> sharing Oof, situation. Oh. Oh. Uh, Paul, mm. have you been to the movies lately? Uh, of course. Okay, let me ask you this: a real like legit question. Yeah. Would you consider yourself a movie critic? Yes. Okay. And are you reviewing movies? Yes. And how do you get that like designation? Like people always ask me if I'm a restaurant critic, and right. I am not. Mm-hmm. I share experiences. I'm an eater. Yeah. But like you are a critic. Yes. So how that all came to be is that I I have an acting background. And one day when I wasn't getting work, I needed a creative outlet. And I've always have loved movies ever since I was a kid. Okay. I would watch Cisco Neighbor at the movies every Saturday night. So I've always had this passion. And I I was bored one day, so I decided I would start this blog. So it was kind of a movie review blog when it started back in May 2010. And then a couple years after that, Twinsies Live was um, their previous critic, if you will, was no longer working for the show, the station. And I know the executive uh, producer through through my husband. And I Facebooked him and I was like, hey, are you still looking to take this on? I would love to be your new film critic. And I have experience with theater and being in front of a live audience. This would be a great match. Did a screen test. Got that. That started uh, in 2014. Oh, you actually had to do a screen test. I did a screen test with Elizabeth Reese. Um, It was. like We... Christian and I pitched what the segment would look like, yep. so I came up with a fake segment, and it went well, and I've been on there ever since. Oh, nice. And how so, often are you on? I'm on every Friday, so Twin Cities Live every Friday in the 4 o'clock hour, and it's usually two movies you can catch in theaters and then one that's streaming. I think this week it's going to be one in theater and two that are streaming. It so seems it like it's kind of slow that everyone avoided the end game situation. Yes, we're definitely seeing that right now, really before the rest of the summer season picks up again. And then I review them on the Colleen and Bradley show every Friday at 2.15. Okay. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. I love it. So, so what have you been seeing lately? The, well, this weekend I watched a new Netflix movie called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. So this is the one with Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. Did, where he had his hair dyed blonde. No, no that's no. the beach bum. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, it's, it's, it's dark brown. So this is all, like, I love true crime. I'm obsessed with like, the serial killer thing. And this movie is not what I thought it would be. Me neither. And not in a good or not in a bad way, but just like you have to. It's really two movies, in my opinion. I don't know if Donnie will agree with this, but the first half of the movie is really building the relationship that he had with his girlfriend, Liz. It's based on her memoir. So once I knew that, I was like, okay, that makes sense now while we're building this relationship. Right. And once these murders start happening, how did she either come to that realization that it was him? And then the second, and I think that the writing was poor in the first half. The second half is the trial. Once he's captured in Florida, goes on trial, is his own lawyer. That's when the movie gets fascinating. That's when you learn what actually he did. And then because all the transcripts are there from and the trial. And is it still from the girlfriend's point of view? No. Okay. Because she then kind of disappears throughout the trial. Yeah, She's you'd there. think she'd dump him and move on. You're married to or you're having sex with a serial killer. She, Yuck. Well, she that's she's very conflicted. You really get that conflicted state of mind. Wow. But it's not as graphic. It's not as violent. It's not as grotesque. So it's as more you, cerebral. Yes. It's almost like true crime light. Yeah. For maybe people that can't handle the podcast or like a Sons of the Lambs type. Donnie, what did you think of it? Uh, it I, I was trying to, you know, come to terms with what, what is it I'm not feeling. And what? what I never felt was anger towards Ted Bundy. Right. They really and I wanted to feel him. angry about yeah. the vile, the, the, the terrible things this guy did. And I just, I, I didn't feel anything. And I wanted to, why aren't I, why am I so, why aren't I pissed off at this right. guy? Why, what sets Ted Bundy apart from all the other killers when you're going into this knowing, I'm going to watch a Ted Bundy movie. And you only get that later on during the trial. And the title of the movie, which is 
very long, but it comes from what the judge tells him at the end of the trial. Right. The judge played well. by John Malkovich. So you have him. Well, Lily I like Collins him. plays his wife, uh, the girlfriend. Haley Joel Osment plays her boyfriend coworker in the movie. Um, Lee Parsons is in it. Like, there's a great cast, and it's from Joe Berlinger, who directed the Paradise Lost documentaries. Are you familiar with those? Yes. About the West Memphis Three. Yes. So, like, there's there's good people involved, but I think the writing is a little lackluster on what the story was wanting to be. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I was expecting more. Yes. And I just it felt kind of flat. Yes. To me. So, Donnie, when you watched it, did the, um, you know how it always skips to the next movie on your queue or whatever? Mm-hmm. Did it go right to the Ted Bundy tapes for you? You know, I, I'm sorry, Paul, I didn't notice. Oh, like literally the credits rolled yeah. and all of a sudden it was like starting the Ted Bundy tapes docuseries that's on yeah. Netflix. Oh. So it was like they then want you to go right into, into the that. actual yeah. thing, the documentary. So, I mean, uh, I'm interested. I want to watch I've that I've watched now. a lot of the real Ted Bundy. Oh. Uh, you know, when he's, you know, tapes of him when he's in the court and the way yes. he speaks. I don't think that came across with Zach Efron. I think the real Ted Bundy had a look in his eye and was s- scarier. I never felt scared of Zach Efron. Well, it's hard to feel scary of Zach Efron. Yeah. I think he's really trying to get outside of his comfort zone and yeah. not be the like frat boy type. Yeah. And he got, he has the charm. Like you, you believe why Liz would be in love with this and man. And that they're so charismatic. Right. Yeah. Like oh, all that's for sure. Yes, are. yes. And how he is really, so many of them are hiding in plain sight and they could be your neighbor and you believe that of Zac Efron. I watched a movie this weekend that got really good reviews. I was very excited about it. <gasps> oh, what is it? And it was such a dud. Oh. Widows. Excuse me. <laughs> I did not like oh. it at all. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> it went on and on and on, and I liked like pieces of it, but I was I waiting for things my to happen. Right now. I it, know. Oh, it, Everybody loved stop. that movie. There's so much going on in it. Well, uh, the cast was amazing. There was twists and turns aplenty. <sighs> it was all about the environment of Chicago and the environment you live in, making you. Is what your choices are in life are so much based on your environment and how stuck you are and how you build yourself up from yes, what is happening. Yes, yes, And the diversity factor and it was shot so beautifully. Yes. And maybe just, it was just seeing it at home. Like I saw it in the theater and it was just stunning. And I love the Hans Zimmer score. See okay. McQueen direction. Oh Sorry, you can, ha- you no, can have your opinion. Paul, I do not I'm need to be writing my opinion, it. And it's, I just was really expecting more. And wow. I was like, oh, this is fine, but it's not great. Okay. Paul's, yeah, we need to take a break while Paul recovers. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll have Julia's random thought. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. It's just That's random. We've got random Donnie today giving us the randoms instead of random Julia. Okay. Well, this is uh, right up uh, Paul McGuire Grimes' uh, yes. wheelhouse there. Yes. Avengers Endgame. We all know it's a very long movie. It's over three hours. But a lot of people's bladders may be having a hard time with that. So they took a survey. Wow. We're and, doing bladder talk and, and, and on Julia's a, randoms. That's they, quite appropriate. They took a survey and asked people if movies that are that long, like Avengers Endgame, should have intermission. No. Okay, no. you say no. No. Yes, no. they did in Gone with the Wind. Yeah, that was back in the 30s. And then you had the music, what does they call that, the prelude or the... In, intermission there was a, music. Interlude, whatever. The interlude, yeah. that's what it was. There was a yes, name of it. They, they haven't done that. As long as I can, I mean, used to, in the 60s, I remember them doing Think how that. much more candy they would sell. But think of, you, 
sure, the theater itself may make more money because that's where theaters get their money is through the concession stand. But the more intermissions there are, then that's less showings throughout the day where the studio then isn't getting money. And it, I just think it would have issues. And then okay. people would complain right. about not coming back from intermission time. It's not like you can just flash the lights because if there's... 13 screen, you know. Yes, viewers. I understand what you're saying. Sorry. Well, 60, I'll get off my soapbox. That, no, that's all right. 60, <laughs> okay. 60% of the uh, those surveyed agree with you, Paul. They say, no, just play it all the way through. You just have to go and, and squeak uh, it out fast. 30% are in favor of intermissions. Okay? There we go. What else do we have? <laughs> wow. I could add more to that if we want. No, but... no that's all right. <laughs> You've obviously thought a lot about this. Let's yes. move on to more of a Stephanie topic, kind of food and drink. We don't like coffee or alcohol for the taste. We like it for the buzz. According False. to a new study, when you really get down to it, you're not in for the taste. The study found that the main reason we drink coffee and alcohol is we like the buzz. The researchers found that the genes that make us like coffee or alcohol aren't our taste genes. They're our emotional ones. We like coffee because it gets our energy up and alcohol because it calms us down. And over time... A lot of us have grown to also like the taste of coffee and booze, but mainly it's because of how they make us feel. I, I'm i not <laughs> sure I don't agree with that because I like coffee. I, I'm not aware of that I'm getting a buzz, but like every day, the highlight of my day is I'm laying in bed and my eyes aren't fully awake yet. And I'm thinking about getting out of bed and my day. I know if I stay in bed five minutes longer that my husband will bring me a cup of coffee. Oh, so and he I, makes a cup of coffee. He now. does. Okay. And I think about it. And if he's not out of bed yet, I'm like, oh, I got to go do the coffee. It's not as good when I do it as mm-hmm. when he brings it to me. Oh, well, of course not. It's all um, in your head. But alcohol and cocktails, it's almost like Pavlov's dog at five o'clock. I'm not going to lie. Right. <laughs> like, that, oh, five o'clock. So if Surly wants to bring us something to drink around five o'clock that's today, right. we will take a donation. Oh, that's right. Though we're all not right. allowed to drink on air. Oh, uh, in the Darn same rules. vein... According to a new study, kids who drink diet drinks consume around 200 extra calories elsewhere in their diets and more added sugar in other food and drink. Even though the sugar-free alternatives are meant to be healthier, the kids who drank them actually ended up eating more to compensate. Do you know why? Uh, well, it's in here, but why don't you tell us? Oh, well, I, I, your body thinks it's sugar, so mm-hmm. it drives more sugar craving. Uh, It is thought that people who drink sugar-free drinks may feel more hungry afterwards because the drinks don't contain any calories. According to research by Johns Hopkins, very prestigious university, people's brains expect the energy that they would get from a full sugar drink, and when they don't get it, it leads them to crave those calories from another's. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Source. I don't believe that. I believe there is a physiological response to the fake sugars. Right. That is molecular that then acts like a carbohydrate. And it makes you crave and want more. Well, that's what that's what they're saying. But they're saying it's like a mental thing. I think oh, it's no, no, physiologically. No, no I think because they're saying brains. Your brain is your brain is expecting something from this diet drink, and it's not getting it. And so you you're eating more calories to compensate. So you have then negated the point of having the diet drink in the yeah, first place. Yeah, I guess place. we're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. Whether it's the brain or whether it's the yeah. pancreas or whatever would be right. I don't drink soda, so I can't talk on this topic. Oh. Um, Ever? No, I gave it up like in, like like ten, eleven years ago. Oh, again, problem, and I had to get my health in gear, and I was like, I cannot be drinking soda. Every once in a blue moon, a ginger ale or a sprite can really hit the spot. I had a I had a coke yesterday. It, yeah, I don't do it very often, and when <laughs> you do, you feel like you're yeah, like, oh, it's, it's very I had a brandy and you forget how good coke tastes. Died. Oh, it tastes fabulous. What, yeah, I'm sure it does. I just can't. Coke. Oh, yeah, when you haven't had one for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's like, it oh. Yeah, with real sugar, too. Like, if it's out of that, you know, from no, 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 the no. Mexican sugar in it's the bottle. It's got to be the Mexican Coke yeah. with, the, with the cane sugar, not that other corn syrup stuff. Oh, ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, time for another survey. What would you do for a year of perfect sleep? No. And here's what people say they'd be willing to give up for a year of perfect sleep. Alcohol. 34% said they would get rid of the booze if you mm, could guarantee them no. perfect sleep. Okay? Nope. Nope. They would give up reality TV yes. to get perfect sleep. Yeah, sure. 26% would shave their head. For I would do that. <laughs> it grows right back. My yeah. hair grows very fast. Okay. Easy. You're a dude, though. Okay. When you lost your hair yes, as a cancer know, patient, right. it's pretty scarring. What else would they give up? Uh, social media? No. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't give up social media? Wow, I'm really? too For di- sleep? Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I help. use it too much for self-promotion. I've thought about that because I've thought about giving up Facebook and then I just don't. Yeah. I, I haven't given it up either. This one is a little frightening considering what we discussed last hour, uh, Stephanie. To get that year of perfect sleep, 21% would give up sex for the entire year. No. I find that just sad. <laughs> it is It is sad. Yeah. It is sad. I thought all of you guys were having all the sex. I thought everybody was out there just like this having is- sex and having more sex. And I just got to say, no, I don't feel so bad. The Studio 54 days are over. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't tell that to Lori. About 20% would give up their cell phone to get a No. I don't no, think I would okay. give that up. Nope. There you go. That's all I got for so you. So you'd sleep more if you gave up your, because you're always looking at your phone in the middle of the night, right? right. My phone's kept in the kitchen, to. so I don't even sleep now. Oh, that's... see, Paul, that's good. That's why you're having all the sex over here. Yes. All right. <laughs> you're listening to the Lori and Julia show. This is My Talk 1071. When we come back, we're going to have a guest. We're going to talk to Jen Marin. She's got. We can go anywhere we want. Drop down to the And we got a dream to have a family, a house, and everything in between. And then uh, suddenly, we're All right, you are back listening to the Lori and Julia show on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie Hansen from Stephanie's Dish and the Weekly Dish, filling in with Paul McGuire Grimes, Paul's trip to the movies. And we hello. are here, hello, with Jen Marin. She is 
uh, starring in a new one-woman show at the History Theater, and it's called Live from New York. He's a prom date? You got it. That's a really interesting uh, show. I like kept thinking I was reading the name wrong, but I'm not. No, that is actually... Actually, that was a newspaper title from my little hometown of Red Wing, Minnesota. Shout out to Red Wing. Um, that was a newspaper title that ended up, and we pulled it as our title for the show because it's so funny. Okay, so this is a really funny story, and it is a true story. It is a true story, yeah. Your so story, right. It is my story. So back in... Uh, 27 years ago, I was growing up in Red Wing and my mom loved me fiercely and I didn't have a date to prom, but no big deal, right? Yep. But mom decided that's not okay. So she was watching the Sally Jesse Raphael show <laughs> like one day. You do. Yep. And I Which came... was a talk show with Sally Jesse yeah. had the red glasses yeah. Oh, yeah. on. Back in the 90s, you know, the Phil Donahue's and all that stuff. And I came home and she said, Jenny, I was watching the show and um, they said they were doing a show about proms, about girls who didn't have a date to prom, and they want us to be on the show. Yay! No. And so I said no. And then the. the and how old were you? 16. Oh, 16. Yikes. And so then um, the producer got on the phone with me and, you know, convinced me that it was my mom all upset about her and it's not about me and then I was this young girl and I was I had dreams of being on Broadway and so I thought I would be discovered if I went to New York and it was just this so it's this crazy huge story and they actually set us up with guys from New York and they flew him out to Red Wing to go to my prom and this, they, they, he, they did oh and then uh, yeah the school like stopped to watch it when <laughs> You know, oh, so, did did the show like film funny. your prom at all for like, no, like update stories? They or? didn't film it, but what they did do was they they called to see how it went, and then they did do a follow up call the next year. Like, are they going to prom this time? And do you think I was? No, no. of course actually, not. Nobody goes to prom with the same guy twice. Well, especially one that I barely knew and didn't speak to. You know that they pulled literally pulled off the streets of New York. So it was. It so your insane. cute mom like thought oh. she was helping. She really did. She just she was. It, and this is sort of the crux of the story is that it's, you know, mothers love their children and sometimes they go to death a little bit far. I'm that mom. Yeah. And you I'm know, always inappropriate. I always lack boundaries. I always go too far. <laughs> My poor kid is just like rolled her eyes and just like mom. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly how my mom was. Uh, she was so um, fiercely just wanted me to be happy. So if I would state that whatever it was, I, you know, I would, I want a boyfriend or I want a day to prom, then she was going to make it happen. Yes. Move heaven and earth. So, yeah. And it's, you know, it's being, a, we've all been teenagers. We all remember how excruciating it was at times and how you didn't understand your parents and parents sometimes don't understand their teenagers and so we decided to, you know, I've been telling this story for years and years and just as a joke. And people always say, do you have the footage? Can we find this online? Right. Where is it? And I'm like, no, nobody can. Nobody can. We've looked for it online. But I have a VHS tape. So we have included it in nice. our show. So remind people, where can they come see your show? Is it a one? It's a one woman. It's one a woman one show. Woman show. Okay. It's three performances only. It's at the History Theater in St. Paul, which is currently has rebranded itself into the Herstory Theater Love because it. they are actually supporting and telling women's stories. Um, so they felt that this story fit could in, fit in quite well. Um, so you can go to historytheater.com, and we are actually on this 
Saturday at 2 p.m., the Sunday at 7.30 p.m., and this Monday at 7.30 p.m. It's a one-hour show. It's a really great addition to any Mother's Day plans. I was going to say, kind of a funny way to celebrate Mother's Day. And what ended up happening is, so my husband, Peter Simmons, wrote the script, and he really wrote a great script. Not only is it funny, but what we did, unfortunately... Um, my mom got diagnosed with cancer while we were working on this Mm. show the first time around. And um, it became more of a tribute and a love story to a woman who loved me a little recklessly. Um, So what I hope my daughter describes me like that, honestly, (laughs) like that is beautiful. So it's, it's really, um, it's a story that I encourage people to see of all sides because you can, mothers can look at their children and say, see, I didn't do that to you. Right. And (laughs) children can look at their mothers and say, I so appreciate you not doing that to me. Yeah. So it became, it's a really, it's a love letter to my mom. And it's also just a look into what the relationship between parents and children yes trying to figure and it mothers out. and daughters yep. and yep. dating I and mean, dating and and wanting you to be okay right and accepted yep. and popular and yep. all those things that <laughs> which didn't go well by putting me on <laughs> national television with a caption that says jenny confused because happen. she can't get a date single at 16 <laughs> help her out now did your mom want like final edit of the script was she very particular about what her no. voice was going to be like and no she was um we were so lucky she we did this show at the minnesota french festival in 2017 and um she there was one piece of information that we put into her story a little bit and she okayed that. Um, but she was so, she got to see the show twice and she was so moved by it and so touched. And, um, we lost her four months later. So oh, we were very, that. very thank you, but we were very uh, grateful that she got to see it. And she, although she did say to me, well, I, I, I told you that maybe it was going to come in oh, handy God, someday. I love it. I love it. <laughs> She's going to make you a star one way or another. Yes. Are you doing this essentially the same script that it was before? Or did you flesh it out at all for we, this? No, we've, we've kept it pretty much at the one hour, just a quick one hour show. But um, we've we had to t- change some tenses. We added some slides that occurred during her sickness and her illness that we you know added to it. So there's sort of this one minute. In fact, I've had friends that have seen it that said, I you cringe when you're watching the the tape because it's just terrifyingly horrible. And then you laugh at the, you know, being 16 and then you cry at the, at the, Mm. so there's, you just kind of go through all the emotions and, an hour and it's um it's a it's a great night and the history theater is a great place to see and it's only an hour we're yeah. talking to jen marin uh you may also know her she was you were marjorie condon in glen sheen indeed still playing I marjorie was, condon i am we're coming back yeah we're coming back for the this will be the fifth production uh fourth year th- fifth production coming back this summer we cut an album so now we have a cast album that's okay that's funny because yeah. didn't chan polling yep. write the music yep, and sure jeffrey hatcher yep, wrote the script. script yep he was and Jeff actually came to see this show, and so did Ron of the History Theater, our one-woman show, and they both were like, yeah, "I think this has legs." Um, so when you take, and you know, Jeffrey Hatcher says that, you, you go yeah. with it. <laughs> one of the best playwrights here <laughs> yeah. in town. I know, I so know, so brilliant. I know he's a great guy. He's one of my favorites. And Chan's music is such like he is such a hook. And so I have so many people that you know they hum the songs. It's a, I'm so lucky to have uh, been a part of this production for almost five years now so we're so glad to come back so you've been playing the same character for Mm this will be your fifth year Mm -hmm. is it challenging to keep re-injecting like life into the role after five years or is it a natural um you know i think dane who plays my husband roger uh in the show with me dane stoffer we talk about this a lot that every you know a year passes from the time that we've done it the last time so nobody comes back to the piece 
the same person they were before. Yeah. Mm. So we come back with um, a whole set of 365 days of uh, experiences and life and things that have happened. So, and then you add in the context of the world that we're living in. And um, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the news and politics that feeds in and you can feel it coming at you on stage. That was a fascinating experience last year. Um, playing a sociopath in the past, they've had, they giggle at me and they, you know, you just kind of want to hang out with her cause she's, but that's, except she's terrible. And it was different last year. It was just a little bit. Cause like, we I, maybe have a sociopath in be, our midst. There might just, on occasion. Yeah, they just might, something I think people ridiculous. might be a little yeah. bit saturated mm-hmm. and it just was a different vibe that I felt coming at it. So I would say, no, we, um, we have, we're not going to, I think we are always finding new things because that's the beauty of this show too. And a kudos to both Chance Music and Jeff's writing is that we, we can keep finding these little elements and we're, we've worked together for so long that we can massage those moments. And it's just, it's just a solidified show. We have people that are now, it's becoming Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. We have a, <laughs> the other day we walked in and there were women wearing um, scarves and glasses in the lobby. So, I mean, okay. That's pretty that's funny. You know, you're so, becoming in the zeitgeist of pop culture. Yep, and that's, I will take it. In fact, this past winter, I was in January, I was up in Duluth, and I was doing a show at their newest, new uh, North Shore Theater, and my address was Congdon Boulevard that I was staying wow. at. Wow. <laughs> so that was a little but That is odd. weird. <laughs> Do you have people that come to the show that know the family and that have their own history with Glenn Sheen, and like, are they receptive of the of the musical and like they yeah. respect what you guys are doing with it? And we have had um, family members come, and it's uh, it's been fascinating. Um, particularly the one that sticks out to me the most is so Tom Hagen is the son of Wally and Nancy Hagen. Wally is uh, was Marjorie's third husband, and allegedly she uh, killed him. We don't know that that's for sure, but that's alleged. And also his wife. So one day after the show, Tom came up and said, hi, I'm Tom. Uh, Marjorie killed my parents. And I just thought, huh, do you want some comps? Right. Ah, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so but, but he actually really loved it. And they talked a lot about how um, one particular song they talk about, they have this great staging with Barbie dolls that it's hard to explain, but the way they, they use the Barbie dolls and literally toss them aside. And he said, that's the part that really gets me and gets my heart because that's what Marjorie did is that she would use people and throw them away. Um, and, but you know, I figure if he, and he's seen it multiple times and he really, really loves it. And we've had some other extended family members that have come that have really appreciated it. So it's crazy. It's, we're so lucky. And Uh, yes, I just, I think it is crazy that that whole story happened, that you got to play it for five years, that they've turned it into something so great. And then of course your one woman play, which is people get tickets for it. uh, uh, Go to history theater.com theater, R E.com. And you can look up live from New York. He's a prom date. And as I tell people, if you want to see an event that made a person crazy enough to be able to play Marjorie Congdon, please (laughs) come join us. May 11th, 12th and 13th, the one hour show. Thanks. It's been Jen Marin. Jen Marin, thank you so much for having me you on. You can also I find jenmarin.com. You have your own website. I do. I'm very fancy and important. Fancy. I love it. I love it. We're <laughs> going to take Jen. a break. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood. Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of this? Doodaloo. Do, do, do. It is the Hollywood speaking section of the Loria and Julia show. I'll be completely honest, Paul McGuire Grimes. Um, nobody Hollywood speaks like the girls. So it's always a weird segment to try to replicate because 
first of all, I'm incredibly literal. Right. So I can throw shade if you want shade. Okay. So you could, cause I like, I just, I'm a very literal person. I don't um, get like so the you, side eye. Like I just, I don't do it. You believe that Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas are married? I really do. Oh, I believe everything. Stephanie, uh, no. Do uh, you think that she's a beard for him? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. I mean, how coincidental that they get married and then um, Joe and Sophie are getting married all at the same time that jo- Nick's got a movie coming out. They want to restart the band. Joe has, uh, Sophie has Game of Thrones. Priyanka needs to get her career back in order now that uh, Quantico is no longer on there. <laughs> now that she didn't make it with, uh, you know, or that. Oh, Baywatch was a dud. And then she was in that Isn't It Romantic movie, which was good, but she was terrible. Like, she's not a good actress. This is okay, all for this show is all people. Funny. This is this is fake, fake news. Did you know that so when Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas got married in their ceremony in Las Vegas, uh, they used ring pops and the packaging from the ring pop is apparently for sale on eBay for like $4,000. That is ridiculous. But people, why, like, I can see buying, like, the lion costume from, you know, Wizard of Oz or. Yeah, that's actual, like, actual Hollywood things. memorabilia. This is a dumb ring pop uh, <laughs> rapper. Not rapper even the ring pop itself. From Sophie. Yeah, she played, she played Sansa Stark on Game of Thrones. So there's a Game of Thrones connection. But honest to Pete. It's funny. It's all timing. Okay, here's another thing that happened this weekend that I'm so done with bring it olivia jade uh lori laughlin and what's his who giuliani massimo giuliani um apparently the daughter olivia jade needs some space and i'm just gonna tell you i think i need some space from her I didn't even know who she was until this whole scandal interrupted. Well, no, you wouldn't. She's big on the YouTube. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But big influencer. She needs some space. I watched her on Saturday on a video and then I couldn't get the time back and I was ashamed of myself. Well, why did you watch in the Because I just was like, I can't stand this this whole thing. Okay. She was moving out of the house because she needs some space from her parents. The family, She's a brat. A totally. A total brat. I don't care if she knew or didn't know about the scandal. They're saying she didn't know, which I think oh. I find hard to believe because oh. at some point she had to pose for these rowing photos and yeah. wonder what the heck was going on. Yeah. But let's just say even she didn't. Right. Her whole way that she's interpreted this is that she's making the decision to take care of herself, that everything that's going on with her parents is very stressful and she needs some space. It's not healthy for her to live with her parents right now. And whether you agree or disagree with what happened, because I know most people disagree or and then there's people are like, but she probably didn't know. Here's what I am going to tell you. She knew you, your parents made a horrible mistake lied, did whatever they did. They did it because they loved you, you selfish little brat. That's why they did it. You can be mad at them. You can want to move out of the house. You can do all these things. But like, you need space from your mom before she's getting ready to go to trial, to go to jail for trying to help you. Like, it's so entitled and screwed up. I don't appreciate it. I'm loving this. Oh, it just bugs me. And, you know, I'm not for, like, what Lori Laughlin did and her husband. Like, they did did wrong. They should Mm -hmm. have pled guilty. 
They should have gone to however much three months of prison time that they're going to go to or whatever is going to happen. Yes. Well, did you, did you hear the latest defense tactic? There was a story last week about a Chinese woman who paid oh, millions of millions. Six million dollars. Six million dollars. So now Lori Loughlin is saying, oh, we're just like that Chinese yeah. woman. We were tricked. That person we were tricked into making the don the the five hundred thousand. It's like that person thought the way that they're framing their defense is that they gave six million dollars to help other people get into college. Right, the, the it Chinese was a charitable woman. donation. Right. Um. No, you don't misuse six million dollars. Maybe I don't know, no. Stephanie. If All you I'm here to say is if I am the mom of my daughter Ellie, and sorry, Ellie. But if you're, if I am like lie and cheat and steal to try to get you into some college and then it gets uncovered and you treat me like crap, I'm even going to just be more mad at you. That's okay. crazy. I, I see your point. She's I all she was point. doing was trying to help her now that she did it wrong. Yes. That she screwed up, yep. that she made a mistake, that all the horrible things she did, I believe she did and all of that. But like, you're so stressed out because what? Because your influencer career, all 18 yes, years old of over. you, has been yeah, ruined and it's over. A of, uh, she lost a couple of sponsors. Yeah, and by the way... She thought she was Teflon. She's going to be fine. Aren't they like gajillionaires? I don't... Well, he has the money. Okay, well... More than, you know, she. I wouldn't say she's I mean, those wealthy. Hallmark paychecks are coming in fast. Oh, Not my anymore. gosh. Not I had anymore. To actually... <laughs> they got rid of garage sale mysteries. Yeah, it's a problem. Well, she's been called, out of those. Yeah. My eight-year-old niece asked if we could watch the Hallmark Channel this week, and I was like, um, why? Uh, why do you want to watch that? She loves, like, the boy girl, boy meets girl stories. Oh, She's a very yes. traditional do you know, Barbie I mean, dolls. Oh, those are great. They've got their spring m- movies on right now. Yes. They've made a whole calendar year of movies. Oh, it's not yeah. even just yeah. the Christmas movies anymore. Whole calendar. We've been watching Hallmark Murders and Mysteries lately. Okay. Yeah, Murder, She Wrote Marathons. Out of that. All right. Well, I just, all I know is I need a little space from need a space from Olivia. Olivia. Yes. Okay. I need a space from the, 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 the all of them. You know, uh, it, that's our new defense. We were tricked. Okay. No. Tricked you knew us. exactly what you were doing. I, if he I tricked you, why were you taking pictures of rowing machines? Where did that come into it? Here's someone else. I need some space from Kevin. Who's Kevin? Kevin Hunter. Wendy Williams, a strange husband. Because is anyone surprised that he is seeking a boatload of money from her in the form of alimony? Dirty, dirty dog. He had an affair for 15 (laughs) years. Okay? Like, why do you think he stayed married to Wendy that whole time? I'm pretty sure because she was the dope. Yes. Junior, the son, is now 18. He'll turn 19 in August. Well, so there's, there's no, no child support. There. Child support that needs yeah. to happen. But what he wants her to pay for his college education. I think she probably would for have done that anyway. For the son's college education? She's gonna. Yeah. Yeah, she will. She's not going to give him money to pay for the child's college no. education. She's going to say, I can do that on my own. Kevin now <laughs> has to pay for his new baby's child That's right. college education. Yes. And hopefully it won't be off of Wendy's dime because Wendy has been paying for the mistress's bills. Let's be honest. Yeah. Her show where Kevin works, <laughs> someone is ridiculous. paying the mistress's house bills, so, yeah. her hospital uh, bills, uh, yeah, her birthing bills. That was on the back of Wendy. <laughs> Medical insurance. Oh, if Wendy. Yeah, I Wendy. I just hope she can get her addiction under control and get back to doing what she does well and 
Kevin. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Um, Stephanie, did you hear about the other new royal baby? I'm Amy stopping. Schumer's? Amy Schumer, yes. Oh, I was going to do that at the top of the hour, but go ahead. Well, do you want me to save it? No, no, no. Amy okay. Schumer had her baby. This is live and, from yeah. her Instagram, of course. I mean, that's where we post For women all over America, can I just say, thank God that baby is out, because that poor woman was sicker than a dog. Yeah, yeah, she was having... So, 10.55 p.m. last night, our royal baby was born. Yes. I'm not sure the gender. He's it's got a, a boy. Bl- it's a boy. It is okay. a boy. It Good for here, her. She can right. just, I mean, she vomited every day for the entire Ooh. pregnancy, more than once. That's a lot. And well, watch, she'll be mean to, to her Schumer. kid. She's going to need some space from her kid in about 18 years. Jeez. Stephanie. All right, when Settle we come down. back, <laughs> you listen to the Lori and Julia show on My Talk 107. When we've got TV talk on the other side.